Not So Peter Priesthood Podcast, the podcast where a gay veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at Not So Peter Priesthood. And you can email us at Not So Peter Priesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy! Does it feel like a school assignment? Like, you're just like, oh, but you're actually excited about it? But it's like, yeah, it's like something I wanted to do. Like, you tell me, like, true crime, and I'm like, what? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll do all of it. <laughs> and I'm loving it because I didn't have to do anything to prepare. So I you get have to, to sit back, back and let the insanity wash over you. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for this? Oh, my God. It's so crazy. No, no, okay. So... Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, yeah. you're good. You got your coffee, you got your water. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Okay, so we are talking about Coco Birthman. So, I have so many sources for this. So many sources. Um, there is the Believable Podcast, which is completely about her. It's a Dear Media presentation, so you can go to their website. The New York Post, uh, oh. thecinemaholic.com. Um, Lynn Kenneth Packer YouTube channel and Amanda Frisbee's TikTok account. So that's where I've gathered most of my information from. So. All right. All right. So starting off, if you Google right now, if you go Google Coco Berthman, the first thing that pops up is her LinkedIn profile, which states she is the founder and president at Coco Berthman Scholarship Fund. And then on her little profile, it says she speaks five languages. English, German, Polish, Spanish, and French. She is working on her degree in forensic psychology, as well as she has a law degree. She is stunning. Like, she's beautiful. She's got, like, long blonde hair, big blue eyes. She's very charming. She's very articulate. Um, And she was born and raised in Germany 29 years ago. She's 29 years old. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, we're going to kind of just, like tell her story in a very like weird timeline kind of way because I like to drop bombs and make you just like your head and go crazy. So Oh yeah, the classic dusty bomb. I know these. The I know these. <laughs> and you will know some of this because like it was on the news and there was like talking about it. But it's so much more fact happened so much deeper than I realized that like I'm still this morning I was still like what? Finding more stuff out about the story. <laughs> oh, so I'm yeah, it's like because I know nothing about yeah, her. Like it's an ongoing thing. So it's going to be playing out still potentially. So <laughs> anyway, right. okay. So in 2017, Coco Berthman, who was born and raised in Germany, was in Salt Lake City taking a class for au pairs. Um, so she was in the country working as an au pair. She was taking a class at, um, it was like an au pair class in Salt Lake City. And on, I believe, their lunch break, they toured Temple Square with like her friends from class, right? Okay. Wait, so, so an au pair, is that a... Like a nanny? Is that yeah, kind of so it's like thing? a live-in nanny. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So they're from. They're usually from a foreign country. They come live with a family. They take care, that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> she has 
this she tells this story and she has told this story on the pod or the YouTube channel Saints Unscripted about how there was like the spoken word they were like recording the spoken word on Temple Square so there was like the talking and it was President's Day and so it was talking about like the American presidents and then the choir was singing and she had this feeling of warm water being poured over her head. And this voice told her, you are home. How many times have we heard that? Like Ugh. that's how people feel the that's spirit, the warm classic. water. It's such a classic Mormon thing. Hey, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I it's so insane. All right, so the woman who taught the class, um, most articles and anything calls her Emily. It's not her real name. She doesn't want to be named in connection with Coco. So we're just going to call her Emily. She is an LDS mother. She was teaching this class. She works with children. Um, Yeah. And Coco starts to refer to her as her spiritual mom. Um, so after the opera class is over, Coco goes back to Las Vegas. That's where she's living. She's working with a family in Vegas and Emily is in Salt Lake city. So they become Facebook friends and they become closer little internet buddies. They share a lot. Um, they share a lot. I wouldn't know anything about having an internet friend who I tell everything to, but you know, Yeah, what's that like? I don't what's know that about like? that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, oh. <laughs> so they share about like their their lives and what's going on, and Coco starts to kind of share that she had been abused by her stepfather as a kid, um, and she really starts to rely on Emily like a lot for attention, for support, um, talking about you know like spiritual things, and of course, any like LDS woman is like when it comes to like religion and their spirituality, that's like a very intimate thing that they very quickly open up about. Like, it's just one of those things that they will talk about and open up quickly. Right. Well, you're taught to do that in the church too, is like when people are interested in it, you're supposed to share. And even if, and then I think about like people that are like introverted, like, um, like like that's a tough thing anyway, but it's like it, even when you do share something that, that is that personal with you as an introvert, it's even more so. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And it's, it's that whole, every member of missionary, right. Of like, talk about your spirituality and your barf. <laughs> yeah. It's really, uh, yeah. so, so Emily is a really, she's a busy LDS mom. Um, she works with foundations that support, orphanages and an orphanage in Bulgaria. She went to her to Bulgaria on her mission. She served a mission there um, doing like humanitarian work. So she's continued in her life to work with that orphanage and supports them, does fundraising, is basically like an angelic person, right? Um, so she has this huge fundraiser coming up and she's not able to give Coco as much attention as like Coco's requiring. Like hundreds and hundreds of pages of like Facebook messages back and forth between these two in a very short period of time. Um, okay. So Emily is getting ready for this big fundraiser. She's very busy. She doesn't have the time. And Coco just so happens to get a phone call from her lawyer in Germany who has let her know that there's actually, he has found documentation that she wasn't born in Germany. She was born in Bulgaria and she was 
um, abandoned by her mother in the orphanage that Emily worked at for a short period of time. So isn't that miraculous? Emily held Coco as a baby. Oh. Right? What a coincidence. This is is her miraculous, like, the church is true. Oh, my gosh. The church is true. (laughs) Moment. That this missionary <laughs> held her as a child, and then she found her in the States, right? Oh. <laughs> it's so insane. I was like, oh, oh my God. Now my dog is barking at me. Well, and then you think of, like, um, the ways, like, it's interesting from our perspective to see it from the outside in and be like, Obviously, that's a, like that's so scammy, you know. Like so the yeah. millions of people that are of all the people, and then to whittle it down to that. That oh yes, actually, by the way, I just found out magically that I was actually uh, I'm a weird story. I was an orphan in Bulgaria, also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and, like, I listened to the YouTube channel of, like, it had been recorded from the YouTube channel, so Sates Unscripted, of her telling this story, (laughs) and they're like, oh, I just got goosebumps, that is incredible, like, just, you can feel the, like, Uh, the Mormon mentality of, like, oh, my gosh, of course, of course, like, it was just so... such a, because they, Mormons do, because... Like, we've talked about uh, the MLMs, you know, like, the Mormons are just so much more susceptible to these kinds of stories because we built, they're built on, like, these faith-promoting stories of, like, the pioneers. Oh, they worked so hard. And so, like, those stories become the foundation of your faith. Then, like, you hear one that's like, oh, wow, God works in mysterious ways and oh yeah. i just got the warm water rushing over me and i feel the spirit oh, I'm, 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 i feel so warm and fuzzy right now yeah uh, it's and, and and i remember being that person that would be that would have been like oh, yeah. what an incredible story like how incredible that like god knows every number the number of hairs on her head and knows who she is and I you can know. picture this being told in general conference. Oh, oh she said yeah. she she was found by the woman who the former missionary who had held her as a baby as an orphan in her orphanage and man man, man. and then I'm, and people would be just like oh wow mm-hmm. jolly mm-hmm. jolly G Williker that's great. You know, like, I just can't say it. <laughs> oh, my, oh heck. my heck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, so she was temporarily abandoned in the orphanage that Emily was working in. And, yeah. So then she continues to tell the story. So, Wait, Coco. So she says, sorry. So she was no, saying was that she was temporarily abandoned. Yeah. So it's just like, that even makes it worse. Even like the small window of like, <laughs> just, just I was so just there for a little bit. I just stopped just by as a baby, while. just like, here, I'm a little orphan. And yeah. I, please hold me, former missionary. And then, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, sorry. Oh. It's wild. Yeah. So um, the reason. That Coco was only in the orphanage temporarily is because her mother realized that she could make money off of trafficking her child. So she goes and takes her back. 
So this is going to be very graphic. I'm so sorry if this is too much for you talking about um, physical abuse, sexual abuse of a child. Please turn this off. Come back later. Come to a different, happier episode. Um, <laughs> no, no judgment. That's fine. Okay. So. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Okay. She was trafficked then by her mother for the first 15 years of her life. Um, she talks about this on multiple platforms. Multiple stores have been recorded of her saying that she was abused from 10 to 50, 50 times a day. She find yeah, she finally was able to escape by running away in the middle of the night after a voice standing behind her said, "You have to go and you have to go now." She escaped in the middle of the night with Celine Dion on her earpods. Remember Celine Dion? She becomes very vital in this this story. Ooh, all right. Okay. <laughs> so she runs away, leaves her her abusers. She gets to a facility that is for children who have experienced trauma. They help her, and she ends up living with one of her therapists. Which I just wish we had a red flag to just raise every time this. Yeah, happens. that's right. Uh, <laughs> And yeah. ethical decision on oh the therapist God. part. So, so <laughs> many issues. So we'll come back to that in, in a bit. Um, so this therapist that she starts to see, his name is Sebastian. Um, he states that he no longer wants to see her in a, a, a professional capacity, that he has feelings for her. She says she also has feelings for him. So they move in together and he starts to abuse her. He takes her hostage. She's locked in a basement for two years and is again abused. And finally, he starts to give her a little bit of freedom. She can go to the store. She can do things. She goes to a pharmacy, gets a bunch of pills and wine and goes out into the woods to end her life, but is found and is hospitalized. And because the nurses feel so poorly for her and everything is so sad, they buy her Celine Dion's newest album. Oh. Problem is, when she says she was hospitalized, Celine's album that year did not come out for another couple months. <gasps> but we'll just, it, maybe her timeline's off. It's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. You can forgive like trauma victims of you know having like maybe their time yeah Absolutely. maybe their timeline stuff yeah I know I I but, lose dates all the time so yeah the um I just want to I guess revisit this whole thing with the therapist doing this I'm just like wait so he takes in this traumatized she's still a child right and then yeah she's she ran away when she was 15 so she got away from him when she was 17. So she has a minor. So this, he's abusing a minor, and then he's abusing a minor. Yeah. It just doesn't. I'm like, and I know that it happens, like therapists and whatever. But like, you know, they could be abusers too. But I'm just like, oh, absolutely, um, yeah. All of a sudden, he just like chains her up in his basement. Like, I just, I, I'm like, that seems like really drastic. It's really, <laughs> yeah. It's really, if it, if true, is horrible. Like the luck yeah. of this girl, hey. Yeah. Okay, so um, she does say that she listens to the new album on her headphones, 
and she turns off the first song on the album and says, I need to talk to the police right now. So they do end up investigating the Sebastian character. He is arrested, but he is not prosecuted due to insanity, basically, is her story. Okay. Which uh, Celine Dion album are we talking about? <laughs> Sorry? Which which Celine Dion album are we talking about? Um, It's the one that would have come out in like 2017, 2018, oh, so somewhere recent. in that. Yeah, this is very recent. This is still, yeah. Um, or no, so, so this oh. would have been, sorry, so 2014, I guess, is when the story would have been from the movie or the album coming out. Fun fact, my first CD was a Celine Dion album. <laughs> that actually does not surprise me in the least. <laughs> I know. Totally tracks. <laughs> but it was the one, uh, what was it, where it has the that long song that kind of became popular on TikTok for a while that there were, uh, I'm not going to sing it, but it's like, there, there were nights sing when it. the, there were nights when the wind was yeah, so yeah. cold, yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it made me sing on. Oh, anyway, it's fine. Yeah, sorry, listeners. And then, um, yeah. So that was my first album. So I'm feeling like if I heard this story, I'd be like, I, know. I feel I'm connected I know. to this poor girl. <laughs> I know because Celine Dion's voice was just like so made you feel things, you know? Yeah. 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 So speaking of Celine Dion, um, so Coco and Emily, they're they're talking about all these things, and Coco has sent a video of herself singing to Celine Dion's people, and she, you'll never guess what, Emily, I get to meet Celine Dion. She wants me to sing with her on tour in Germany during her worldwide tour. Not only does she want me to sing with her, she's going to give me a record deal. And she wants to adopt me. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen, like talking about this out loud and saying it is so outlandish. But when like you're in it yeah. and being like emotionally manipulated by someone, it's just yeah. like thing after thing after thing. It all seems well, believable, been, right? Yeah, she's been already through this whole journey with Coco, like. She yeah. knows her whole backstory, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and then she's yeah. like invested. She's mm-hmm. also invested her emotions into this person, this Coco, and then she's like, yeah. um, so there is that in emotional investment. So she's just mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh my god, oh wait, sorry, oh my gosh, <laughs> no, right. she's she's and. A- <laughs> On the um the Dear Media Believable podcast, they do play clips of the videos that Coco sent to Emily that were supposedly her singing, and it's phenomenal. It's absolutely like give that girl a contract, absolutely. So there there's believability. That's why they call the podcast Dear Media calls their podcast believable because there are so many parts of the story that are absolutely believable. So then um. Coco's telling her that she's going to meet with Oprah. Oprah's going to get her a book deal. Ellen wants her on the show. Like it's this big three women are like going to lift her up out of the ashes of trauma and abuse. And she's going to have this like Cinderella life. Right. Um, And of course, you know, sorry. Um, So it just makes me feel like the empathy. Like, like I would, I would be, 
totally like I can see why this would be so um, believable, like you said, where it's like because you're just like, oh, man, you want something it's like she's been through so much tragedy that you want something like this to happen for her. And then it makes you think how like kind of how I guess sad it is that she's somewhere in Coco's mind. She believes this herself. Like, yeah, in, in order to tell something very, like this, you yeah. have to believe it yourself mm-hmm. to a degree of to make it believable, right? Yeah, and so maybe yeah. she, in some delusional part of her brain, I don't know the story, but in some delusional part of her brain, she's thinking that this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she, the way she tells, like, I've watched some of the videos of her talking. There is something about her that is very like innocent and very charming and draws you in. Like even knowing all this crap, I was watching it like what an incredible speaker. Like she's very, she's very well-spoken and very articulate in the way that she says things like, yeah, of course you're going to believe her. You she know? also says she's gorgeous. So it's like stunning. Yeah. It's, and there is that like pretty what is it called the pretty um what am I pretty privilege pretty privilege yeah, where pretty it's like privilege for sure yeah you get you, you can get away with a lot more things mm-hmm. and if she It'll already is a charismatic you know yeah. and she's got, got charisma she's got she's a well spoken speaker she can and she's drawing people in that's mm-hmm. that's dangerous <laughs> yeah um so. Emily starts to kind of disbelieve a lot of the stuff that Coco's telling her. Things aren't adding up. She can't answer certain questions. Um, And finally, Coco does admit, okay, yes, she's lying. She's never met Celine or Ellen or Oprah. Um, And so Emily starts to put up boundaries with Coco. Like she says, okay, these things are, you're going to message me. I'm going to take 24 hours before I get back to you about this and Coco starts to really spiral. She's suicidal. She is going out into the desert to pray and her car breaks down and somebody gives her a ride and that man ends up raping her in the desert. Like it's very awful and traumatic and heartbreaking stories that she's telling. And Emily is like, I don't know what is true with her because you want to give her the benefit of a doubt, especially as a trauma victim you don't want to, you know, we believe victims. Um, so finally, Coco says that she's ready to be baptized and invites Emily to Las Vegas for her baptism. So Emily goes. And she's very careful to not be alone with Coco. She knows that, like, you know, Coco's throwing out these accusations of rape and assault. And she just has this gut feeling to not be alone with Coco for whatever reason. So after the um, baptism, they're going for lunch and Coco tries to pull her to the side and says, I really need to speak with you. And Emily says, no, I'm not comfortable with that. So Coco proceeds to have a fainting spell, which turns into a seizure. This is something that has happened. Multiple people have talked about her having these fainting spells and then seizing. And Emily knows that it's too convenient for this to be happening and she says i i listened to her talk on one of the podcasts and she says i felt like a cold person but i just walked away and went home and i was like good for you girl like 
that takes some <laughs> real effort. And yeah. I was thinking about like, as soon as you put boundaries on people like this, that's when they 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 start acting out, and that's where they start showing their true colors. So it's really yeah. it was really smart of her to like listen to her gut, and I think you know from her perspective, she was listening to the Holy Ghost, but like it was her gut. Yeah. You know, yeah. your your nervous system is telling is very smart and um so her nervous system was saying hey something's not right here she's a danger so danger danger flag yeah. red flag yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. kudos to emily for having that like yeah being able to see that and I'll, and immediately put boundaries up because yeah. i know yeah that's not easy it's to not do. and there's so many mormon moms that coco has come into contact with who were not able to protect themselves in the way that Emily was able to there's so many victims in this story that it's just it's absolutely incredible and heartbreaking um okay so in 2019 there's an open casting call for LDS Living magazine and they want faith promoting stories from real active members so of course Coco submits her story of finding Emily who had held her as a baby in an orphanage and LDS Living did not use Emily's name, her her real name, but when they referred to who she was and the type of work that she does, like Utah's not a very big place. Everybody knew who it was, right? And so she gets approached by all these people like, that's incredible that the story has, you're a part of this story. And she has to keep telling people, no, that's not true. That never happened. This is a, this is a false story that was made up and she ends up getting in touch with LDS living magazine and saying like, this is not true. This is a false story. You are using my name and my like likeness or whatever without my consent in a false way. So does LDS living print a retraction? Do they do anything? No, they just delete the part that has anything to do with Emily and the rest of the story stays. Classic right? uh, LDS behavior yeah. of never apologizing for never anything. Apologize. Yeah. So there's no correction. There's no explanation. It just it just disappears, that part of the story. So then LDS Living also got a letter from Coco's real mom, who lives in Germany and does not speak English and has found someone to translate a letter explaining that everything that she's saying in this is not true. It's a complete hoax. So what happens to the story? It just disappears from LDS Living's um, like website or whatever. No retraction, no correction. The reason given to journalists who ask them about this is they're a small publication and it's not their job to pick a side and to investigate truth claims. Um, that's exactly what journalists are supposed to do, even regardless of how small or whatever you are that should be you should not be putting misinformation out there and if you take if you do you retract that shit and you say oh hey we found out more information yeah. and this is the real this is the reality and also yeah. lts living goes out to like like a pretty substantial amount of people still like it's not that small quote unquote it's like <laughs> but it's like uh um like Say it went to all the members, can you know, like even just in Utah, that would be like how much I don't know how many that would be, but it'd be, it's a whole you'd have a, a whole lot, fucking yeah. state that it would be like that needs to know that hey, this is not accurate. Yeah, <sighs> journalistic integrity, like you can't yeah. 
that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I just, when I read that, I was like, oh, barf. <laughs> Like, of course. Oh, we're just a small little publication. Oh, <laughs> it'd be so much more, um, I don't know, like the integrity of that, but like, it's just like, uh, or lack thereof is like, it would just be so much more respectable, respectable if they would be like, oh, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of how, who sees this, we need to be, we need to have the honesty and say, and that's something that like the church says, like, what is it like? There's like, I can't remember how many lessons. Honesty in like, all their dealings. Choose the right, no matter who sees it. <laughs> choose the, you know, honesty in all your dealings. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, that's aggravating. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That part made me like really angry. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay. So we're moving along. 2020. Um, so Lynn Packer is a Utah journalist. He's quite well known. He's been around for a long time. He actually um, he covered the Ted Bundy case when he was on trial in Utah. So he's like he's oh, like wow. a veteran journalist, right? Yeah. So he was raised in Utah. He served his mission in Germany. He speaks fluent German. He's worked with like German television um, for years. So he's he knows. And so he finds Coco's story. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he sees some red flags, one of which being the amount of the sexual abuse that she was suffering on a daily basis. For her to say it was 10 to 50, 50 times a day, in his brain covering other trafficking stories and sexual abuse cases, he's thinking about the actual ramifications of that happening to a small child. And he's saying that right there is a red flag that that's not true. There's no way. Um that you wouldn't be severely harmed with that type of abuse. And, and so he kind of starts poking around in this because he's a journalist and that's what they do. (laughs) So Lynn finds Coco's biological father in Germany who doesn't want to talk. He divorced Coco's mother when Coco was three. He's not involved in the family. They're all estranged. So he tells him she has a brother named Mark. They end up getting in touch Mark also wants nothing to do with talking about Coco, but gives Lynn Coco's mother's phone number, and her name is Renata Ruff. And she confirms that Coco was actually born as Sandra Ruff. Her name is not Coco. (laughs) Sandra? (laughs) Sandra, yeah. No offense to Sandra listeners, but I'm just like, I can't picture a, she's what, 20? She's She's 29 now, and her name's Sandra, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sandra's a little better. But Sandra. Like, yeah. Sandra. I said Sandra because I'm from Alberta. Yeah. So. I can't imagine a Sandra, like, naming a baby right now, Sandra. Like, Sandra. <laughs> yeah, anyway, <laughs> sorry. I know I have an Aunt Sandy that, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. So. Remember how um, Coco was telling Emily that she was going to work with Celine Dion and go on tour with her. Um, She also stated at the time that she was going to have to cut off all ties with her family and she was not going to, or she had cut off all ties with her family because they were going to re-traumatize her and all this stuff. Right. Well, Lynn talks to, Renata and says 
and, and Renata shows him documentation that she is in touch. She's been in touch with her daughter. There's pictures of them together at the airport when um, Coco is coming to be an au pair in Las Vegas. There's, there's documentations of them being on trips together and there's a picture of them in New York together. There's no rift there. There's no separation. There's they're together. It's very strange. Yeah. Okay. So just to, just to re- like, um, she, so Coco's story was that she had run away from her mom. Right. And then yeah, there was no 15. ties. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And that her mom had sent people after her to try and like bring her back and she that's why she had to escape and run away to the to america right okay so (laughs) um so renata obviously is is very upset her daughter is not only telling lies but like these are some pretty horrific lies that she's telling about her renata trafficking her own children um coco has said that she watched her sister be stabbed to death after trying to escape like there's just so much there's so much it's insane. Um, and Renata says there was there there was three children. There was Coco, who was Sandra. Uh, there is a Magda, who's the older sister, and then there's Mark. So she talking about her sister Anna, who was stabbed. There there was no child. There's never been another child in that family. Never happened. <laughs> oh jeez. Like oh. it's incredible. It's so incredible. Um, but there is evidence, and this is where again it becomes believable. There is evidence that Coco didn't have a great childhood. Um, her father, her biological father, was a raging alcoholic. Um, Coco's mother left him when Coco was only three. They had to move a lot because of situations and money, and so they went from place to place to place, which can be very traumatizing to a child. Um, Coco's mother, Renata, had lots of boyfriends. There's one boyfriend in particular named Gregor. And there are indications that there probably something inappropriate happened between Gregor and Coco. Um, Renata even said that she remembers him making comments about her daughter that made her uncomfortable. Um, and so, yes, it probably, whether he was just like a lecherous creep or whether something physically happened, we don't know. But there is there is going to be trauma from that individual in her life, for sure. Um, but there is no evidence of being trafficked. There is no evidence of being prostituted by her mother. It's hard to prove that because you can't prove a negative, obviously. Um, but the timelines just don't match up to what Coco says happened in her life. All right, so um, let's see. Sorry, I lost my spot. My my copious color coded notes. <laughs> um, Leave it to you to color code them, and <laughs> of, course, of course, all the da- all the like years are different. All the tabs and stuff. <laughs> oh, <It's great>. nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the stories that Coco has told is that when she was fourteen, she became pregnant by one of her abusers, and so her parents took her to this shady man to get an illegal abortion. And she goes into very graphic detail about being cut open and then ripping the baby out, strangling the baby. It's, it's absolutely horrific to listen to. Like it's so, it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, And she talks about how her body is scarred and she'll never show her stomach to anybody because it's so triggering to have that scar be seen. Um, 
Yeah, so unfortunately, the story, the timeline doesn't work, doesn't work. When she states that she was having this illegal abortion at the age of 15, she had already run away. That is actually true. Coco did run away from home at 15, and she was put into an institution that was for traumatized children. Um, there are documentations that do mention Gregor. So again, it was probably due to this boyfriend of her mother's that she took off. Um, and she was under state care. So she was under the care of the state, whether it was foster situations, we don't know. Privacy laws in Germany are like ironclad. You cannot get any information about people that is of a sensitive nature at all. So we don't know exactly where she was living, but her timeline of saying that this uh, this illegal abortion happened just does not match up. Um, remember how we talked about her living with Sebastian, the therapist? Mm-hmm. There is evidence that she did live with a therapist who had treated her. It was not a man, it was a woman. Um, and it is, they found the woman and um, spoke with the uh, another therapist that shares a practice with her and obviously did not want to talk about it. There's a lot of ethical violations in that situation, you know, having a patient live with you. Um, yeah. So, there, see, again, there is like kernels of truth in her story, which makes it so infuriating, you know? Well, it makes so, it hard to follow the the breadcrumbs to the yeah. truth, you know, because she's yeah. it's like, uh, and a lot of the best lies will have a little semblance of truth. So then it's just yeah. like, mm. and then you start gaslighting yourself, and like, do you think that you're crazy? Because <laughs> yeah. you're like, wait, yeah. I'm just I'm overreacting. But when we hear stuff like that, like like we said, like our nervous systems tell us. Yeah, this doesn't this isn't a villain right. Red flag. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, seriously. So and that's what's so crazy about it is yeah, there is these little breadcrumbs of truth that actually did happen and she actually didn't have like the greatest life. So it's crazy. So there are a lot of Mormon moms and I'm not gonna get into all of them. Um she kind of goes from place to place with these Mormon families. It's kind of the same situation as Emily. She she becomes a part of their family, and then she sucks all of their energy, all of their time, all of their emotional capabilities, and she just takes and takes and takes and takes. And there's constantly, you know, suicidal ideation, and she can't live with, you know, the trauma that she's gone through, so she's going to take her own life. And it's very, listening to some of the the women speak, reading their like the articles that where they have talked is, is so sad. And it's so, these women were traumatized by Coco. Like she just took such advantage of them being good, helpful people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad. Like I said before, like Mormons really are susceptible to this, this type of behavior and yeah. um, people like Coco, who seems to be like an emotional vampire, basically like she just takes, takes, Mm-hmm. Um, she, they, they see that and they clomb onto it and they know, mm-hmm. they know that that's easy target basically. So it's really sad that that's, 
like these women were these families were traumatized by this yeah. this person but they um yeah so many victims like you said so many victims coco berthman seems to be a victim herself in some yeah. way like in some in way some but, way. but that's then, one uh, thing that everybody can agree on they believe that something happened to her that's what everybody, they don't know what it was, but they do believe she was traumatized in some way. Nobody really believes the trafficking story, but they do believe something happened to yeah. her. Oh. The psychology side of my brain is like, I'm just like going crazy right now. I'm like, oh my God, right? this is so, like it's interesting. It's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I listened to an interview with a, like a forensic psychologist in the UK and he like took all of the information and kind of just talked. He said, you know, he can't diagnose and he can't, but he made like assumptions about a lot. And it was so interesting to have him be like, yeah, like there are, there is truth in her story, but it's so convoluted and it's so incredibly hype, hyped up Hyper to a point voice. where you're like, oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a lot of moms. She hops from place to place. She ends up living with a millionaire and his girlfriend. And um, so this whole time she's working as no pair, right? And she's so she's going from so she she does come back to the States. She was going to be going to BYU and she needed a sponsor family. And her sponsor family ended up dropping her because of just the lies and the drama and everything. Um, so she ends up getting into LDS Business College, which is now called Enzyme College. Mm -hmm. um, so she is in, the, in Salt Lake going to school. Um, but she she kind of goes from place to place. Like she's not, I'm assuming she's probably doesn't want to live in dorms. I yeah. don't know. I don't also, know. Also, another element to this is that she is a convert to the church. And so people are, you know, they know that she's, like, because of that, they have a little more, like, sympathy, empathy, whatever, like, towards her because they're like, oh, she's a member. So, like, she can't be, there's that yeah. immediate trust mm -hmm. of members that yeah. gets you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it's, okay. So this is where it starts to get wild. 2021. This is where it starts to get wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's already been wild before, but it, it gets even wilder. Um, so, <laughs> um, she, Coco is everywhere. Um, there is a connection to somebody we don't talk about on this podcast because I, I refuse to, but their last name rhymes with Mallard. Oh, that Mallard. There's that, a connection yeah. there. Yeah. I, I refuse to even speak about that individual. I can't get into it without throwing things against the wall. So it's fine. Um, so, yeah, she's everywhere. She's on social media. She's on the Skinny Confidential podcast. She's on the Him and Her podcast. She gets interviewed by Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen is the Catch a Predator guy. Wow. So, okay. yeah. So he so has like his own like YouTube series where he like talks to people and investigates things. So she's everywhere. She's on all these podcasts. She starts her scholarship fund so that she's going to help other victims of sex, ugh, sex trafficking. Sorry, I can't even say the word. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, she's going to record a TEDx talk produced by BYU. She's this really inspirational oh, person. Yeah, TED talk. Yeah. Oh. Well, a TEDx talk, which is still a pretty big deal, but 
It's TEDx versus It's a TED local, Talk. it's just like a local BYU recorded oh, for, okay. it's not the so, full global TED Talk. Oh, gotcha. It's like their own thing. Yeah. I do watch a lot of TEDx talks, especially through my mm-hmm. school right now. Like they, a lot of the modules will have a TED, yeah. TEDx talk. TEDx I always talk, call yeah. it just a So it's mostly TED. like, it's usually like a local thing mm-hmm. that has done it. It's not the okay. full global TED whatever. Oh, so. gotcha. Yeah. I know there's a difference. Okay. There is a difference. You've learned the more I know. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's as educational <laughs> and a little bit traumatizing, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about the trauma. Um, <laughs> that should be our new tagline. Sorry about the trauma. Sorry about the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> So she starts being this very influential person. She's going to conferences. She's giving motivational speeches. She's brought into these events as a a human trafficking escape specialist. And people are like, wait, what? Really? And the problem is, well, she was with Chris Hansen. He obviously vetted her. Well, she was on the Skinny Confidential podcast. They obviously vetted her. Everybody in in the situation is like, well, so-and-so must have done their homework. So it's fine. Nobody does any fact-checking, does any of their own work. And it's just this snowball effect of like, well, she has to be telling the truth because she wouldn't have been with so-and-so if they hadn't have, like done a fact-checking, right? Holy like, shit. Yeah. If anybody had just made a fucking phone call. <laughs> It's insane. It's I when I I like had to like journalistic integrity thing again. <laughs> and it as a podcaster, you... you're also a journalist. So if yeah. you're doing stuff like this, like especially those types of podcasts, yeah, that were, like have sponsorships and like make money off of them. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, we, we aren't professional. You did your research, so you know. That's but like, yeah. <laughs> anything that's like incorrect in here is me mis like miscopying pasting it's my fault i am getting these all from very credible sources so any errors and is on my part, so any errors that we do find and we find out we will retract <laughs> yeah, absolutely no we're just gonna like take the, the we'll episode down and it'll else is doing and we will never oh, yeah. apologize yeah <laughs> That's what yeah, everyone else is doing, so, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's so wild. Like, there is there is also another organization, not the fuck duck guy. Um, There's another organization that... <laughs> sorry. I just hate him so much. I, I'm sorry. My little sister always says, Fruck-a-duck. <laughs> so that's what made me think of... So that's what his name could be, Fruck-a-duck. We'll just call him Fruck-a-duck. Fruck-a-duck, yeah. Um... <laughs> So there is another or- organization that does like anti-trafficking, um, and and she there's like YouTube or not YouTube. There's like Instagram reels and videos of her like working with these like special ops guys and like they've got guns and they're doing this incredible stuff and like she's taking down guys and she's stating that they're they're training to go into Iraq to save children. It comes out that this organization has never had a presence in Iraq. They've never gone to Iraq. And in fact, these training videos that she's a part of are for private security training. So like bodyguards or, you know, if you want like private security at an event you're hosting, that's what this is. It's not, we're not going in and rescuing children. She's learning how to like take down somebody that is like barging into a museum opening with ill intent. Yeah. It's a little 
So she misrepresents a lot. Again, there's a kernel of truth. Yes, she did take down like a big 250 pound guy, but not because she's training to go take down sex traffickers. Like it's very. And it's also there's video proof. So you're just like, ah, of course, look at her. She's amazing. She's fighting. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So. eh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the fuck a duck guy, <laughs> she, um, for a hot minute was connected and then stated the only reason he's involved with anything to do with sex trafficking is because he's trying to get famous and make money. And she cut ties with him. When a scammer don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> scammers, no scammers. And <laughs> yeah. And there was many statements that the reason they couldn't work together is because there wasn't enough room in a spotlight for both of them to stand in. And I was like, oh, that tracks. Yeah. 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 Anyways, enough about about that. Okay. (laughs) So, um, do you remember Jesse Funk? She was on Mormon Stories a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Jesse Funk was very involved with the like church EFY and the music and all that, right? She was huge when I worked at Desert Book, and she was like. She, I would hear her music all the time, and she, <laughs> I was like, she's actually one of my favorite ones because she was um, a little more, like, contemporary-sounding. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's definitely. really good, yeah. I think everybody loved her in the church, and people really glommed onto her when she left the church. Um, so Coco starts appearing in Instagram posts with Jesse Funk. Um, and Jesse Funk starts the Especially for Truth, which is like the play on Especially yep. for Youth that the church does is. Mm-hmm. Does is? Wow. Does is. English is hard. It's fine. It's so hard I can't say I've heard does is, though. But. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Great. Um, <sighs> so at this time, Coco starts to kind of she starts to talk to some of her really close friends that she might, she might actually be bisexual. Okay. It's very quiet. Don't tell it. Don't tell anybody, but I, I kind of have a crush on Jesse funk. And um, I think that I am gay, but don't tell anybody. Like she's telling this to multiple people in her life, but don't, don't <laughs> spread it around, which like is fine. Nobody should yeah. have to be forced to like come out and make a big spectacle right. of it. But it just seemed like a little like, Hmm. Okay. Like plant the seed here, plant there, yeah, plant, plant there, seed, and then, plant seed, plant seed, and then she could like, pretend to be like um so exasperated and like offended if like it actually does come out, and she'd yeah. be like, well, I told them not to tell anybody, right, right, and it kind of plays those seeds of oh well, she's with Jesse, so what's that situation? Because her and Jesse become very close; they're working very closely together with these like summer camps for kids. And I see your face. I know. I thought the same thing. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So Coco is at one of these camps that Jesse had put on and she gives a devotional about her story and it's titled something about like how to notice if someone is being sex trafficked or something like that. And she gives a very detailed and extremely graphic story of what happened to her in front of 12 year old children. Some of these children started having nightmares afterwards, couldn't talk about it, were traumatized by her telling this detailed graphic story of her abuse. Um, There is one girl, who we're not going to say her name because she's a minor, 
Um, she was recording the girls hanging out at one of these young women girls camps type things. And um, Jesse's daughter is present in the video. So Coco at this time is 27 years old. Uh, Jesse's daughter is 16. I'm not going to say her name because she's a minor. You can Google it if you really want to know. And in the video, um, Coco leans over and licks the face of Jesse's daughter. The fuck? Yeah. The girl who had recorded and posted it started to feel a certain way about an adult woman licking a teenage girl's face and ended up deleting the post because it made her so uncomfortable. And she yeah. didn't know what to do with it. Um, so after this incident, uh, Jesse and Coco suddenly are not in Instagram posts together anymore. Yeah. Shocking. You licked my teenage daughter's <laughs> face? Like, I would have some words, too. Uh, yeah. Jesse kind of called Coco out for her behavior. She cut ties. Um, and then if you remember what happened to Jesse, Jesse ended up having her license suspended due to inappropriate behavior. So there's two cases against Jesse, um, one of which she was talking to a suicidal teen, like in DMs on Instagram, when she was pretty newly licensed. And the parent of that teen did not feel it was an appropriate connection, which it's not. It's absolutely like Jesse has apologized for it. She was wrong to do that. It was not an appropriate use of her like therapy, you know, licensing. And so, yes, she should, she should have been in trouble for that for sure. And she admits to that. The second incident is a woman who worked with Jesse at her camps reported her for being inappropriate with her and the other girls. There's no there's no proof that it was Coco, but the way that Jesse has talked about this woman that worked closely with her at camps, it's pretty obvious it was Coco Berthman that reported her to the Utah like therapy licensing board. Wow. And yeah, it pretty much like destroyed Jesse's life. Like she oh. she never she there's a video of her like sobbing about losing her license and that she has no desire to ever have anything to do with mental health or helping people ever again, that this is like ruining her life. It's heartbreaking. It's so oh. heartbreaking. Yeah. Cuz she was so, doing some good stuff there. She was. She overstepped in a few places. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think she would be the first to admit that she did. She was, mm-hmm. you know, naive and new and was coming out of a church that you you don't really have those like critical thinking skills, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and I think that she she did overstep, but I think that her life was ruined by Coco. And that's just me saying that. I don't have I any knew, evidence to back that up. I knew something was going on with Jesse because there was like a – but I just never really delved into it. But I – um. That just they and to think of like boundaries, like and how the church doesn't allow you to have those boundaries, like yeah, especially in, a, in so yeah, like you said, like she doesn't know like critical thinking skills of like oh this is something that probably shouldn't be this is a behavior that I probably shouldn't be doing when like you think I think of like um like young women leaders that are like private messaging their they're young women because it's like that's just it's just a gal pal like situation yeah. you know you're just like there's oh, a very there's, blurry line there's between a very, mm-hmm. yeah but when yeah. you're in a professional setting as a therapist that's definitely that's a whole other realm. that's a whole ethical professional line that you can't cross mm-hmm. yeah yeah and she and was I'm probably not saying that like too. young women yeah. leaders should be doing that either but it's just like 
there's like a different like like gray area where it's like this is a volunteer person that is doing this and there's not like a license behind it there's not a professional side to it whereas with like as a therapist like you definitely shouldn't be doing that <laughs> yeah 100 percent. but it is good that she was um she owned up to it it just hurts my heart that she's like completely yeah. stepped away because she she has a lot of value that she could have added to the mental health community. I think so as well. It, 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 yeah. And I like watching her. T- I remember when it was happening and like watching p- people that had recorded the TikToks and then reshared it. It was really because she's gone from social media as far as I know. I don't think she's ever come back, but it was really sad. It was really sad because I feel like the, the church teaches us like, oh, you're a member. You're just like me. We're the same. I can trust you with everything mm-hmm. entirely. And I feel like Coco saw that and oh, yeah. she saw it as a mark. Like, oh, yeah. This is someone I can take advantage of. And even like Lynn Packer says in one of his um, articles that Utah as a state has the highest amount of scams, the highest amount of MLMs mm-hmm. in the country because and he believes it's the Mormon naivety of believing people and taking people at face value. Yeah. And it's not just like outside people that are taking advantage of it. It's Mormons taking advantage of Mormons too. Like it's not just Absolutely. like there's um, insidiousness in, within the church as far as like members go. And then there's, um, I do, I may have mentioned this before, but there was a story that my, um, I was told by my mom, a uh, family friend that was, um, her something was it her son her son was selling his house and he sold it by with cash um he was taking cash from this like this guy but the cash never i can't remember the whole logistics of it but he eventually the son because this guy was like Oh, he's trying to buy the house that's what it was he's trying to buy the house with cash so he goes to pay the guy and the guy was like oh well i never received it and then um and then so he pays him again and he says oh i never received it so he got he's doubled his amount of money that he's paid this man and he has no way of no paper trail but because he was a member he believed he trusted him and there was no way Absolutely. to get that money yeah. back because it was under like a cash whatever cash only something agreement mm-hmm. so Oh, anyway. <laughs> Even when we bought our house, because we didn't use a realtor, we knew the people, like, we knew the people that we bought our house from, so we didn't use a realtor. And even still, when we paid, like, through our lawyer and stuff, we still use, like, a bank transfer for the cash. Yeah, that's smart. I don't remember what the issue was with, yeah, anyway. But, yeah, the... It's sad that they're so, like, in Utah and, like, southeast Idaho, like, the highly Mormon-populated areas are very susceptible. Like, here in Rexburg, it's, like, there's all these sorts of, like, little companies that come up and it's, like, oh, it's, a like, pyramid schemes and stuff. And it's, like, oh, no, yeah. For no. sure. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not good. Um, yeah. So that's a really sad kind of fallout that happened um so again lynn packard this journalist that we've been talking about he actually he started a youtube expose on the coco birthman hoax it's still up you can watch it i was watching it this morning 
And he starts going through her story from the immediately from saying that she was trafficked from the age of 15 and it was abused or up to the age of 15 and was abused 50 times a day. Like he goes into it and starts exposing it after his first video about her goes out two weeks later, he calls out BYU for using her, the video because he has found this information that her story is not true. BYU was sent information about the story not being true and they just chose to ignore it. So he calls them out, and then what happens to her TEDx talk? Oh, it just disappears with no explanation and no apology and no retraction. Like, we're seeing Jesus. such a oh, it's such me. a trend. I know. Well, um, it could have been stopped. All of this could have been stopped at some point if somebody had, like, retracted their story, had said something like, hey, this isn't right. So, yeah. yeah. And it's just I didn't the shitstorm like, of social media of people just getting famous for saying whatever the hell they want to say, and there's no proof of it. Ugh. You know what? I'm gonna just start. This, <laughs> I'm gonna just go do this shit, make some money. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh my god, it's so it's so crazy. Um, so Coco's very stressed. She's talking to. Um, her best friend, Amanda Frisbee, you can check out her TikTok. She's awesome. Um, about how stressed out she is. And this no-name idiot journalist is, you know, talking about her. And her friend is even like, he's, he's not an idiot. He's he's pretty well known. He's like, he's legit. <laughs> <laughs> and her friend, Amanda, starts watching, like, the expose. And she's like, hmm, yeah, there might be some pro-. And so she starts recording conversations with Coco and like screen grabbing her stuff. And yeah, she's trying to like uh, follow this, like hmm, interesting question. You might be getting into this soon, but um, what is it? What does uh, Coco getting out of all this? Is there money? Like, is she getting money? Oh, the families that put her up, bought her cars, sent her to their dentist, paid for schooling, you know, paid rent for her when they weren't leaving, mm-hmm. fed her, bought her groceries. Like, if you added up how much money Coco has actually gotten from people, it would be it would be disgusting. It would be so high. Wow. Yeah, it's really yeah, All it's right. really bad. It's a really and and I don't even think a lot of I don't think the money was what she was interested in. She wanted to be famous. She oh, yeah. wanted that dream life of Celine Dion's her mom, and she's touring the world to be real. So, yeah. So she's very stressed out. There's this doctor in, I believe, Chicago who has this very controversial trauma procedure that he can do where you get, like, a needle to the base of your spine, and it's supposed to reset your past life trauma and cause all these problems – or these problems to just go away, Right. And I believe there's no evidence that she paid for this, but she did get this procedure done. So we think that perhaps the doctor invited her and did it for her because she was becoming such a celebrity and it would like, you know, promote him. So she goes to Chicago and to help with this, with her trauma. And she comes back to Utah cured. She's in such a good headspace. She oh, doesn't yeah. care about anything. You know, the guy that she had accused of sexually assaulting her doesn't doesn't matter anymore. She's over it. Let bygones be bygones. And she's going to get married and have kids. 
that's what that's her next step in life. She's gonna get married and have kids. And so of course her friend Amanda's like, Are you gonna date women? And Coco implies that this procedure has cured her of her oh, gay fuck. feelings. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ready to throw my laptop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like a miracle needle that it's like a miracle needle, yeah. So uh Man, oh, I can't even, I can't even. I know. I couldn't even get into all well, the, like, and, her talking about it, yeah. Well, and when you were saying about this, the, um, now she can magically just be like, oh, everything, all that stuff that I said, that, now she can be like, if she's accused of anything, she'd be like, eh, it doesn't matter, because it does like, it doesn't affect me anymore, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's so... It's so, it's so, it's so. <laughs> All right. So we're into January of 2022. Okay. Um, so Coco left social media, but she's come back after her, you know, miraculous. I'm doing so great now and things are wonderful. Um, and sh- there's a video of her kind of grabbing her skin, kind of like under her collarbone, like in this area. I'm touching it. You're, our listeners can't hear me see me so anyways it's like under her collarbone she's like grabbing at her skin and she's saying you know I had I found this grape size lump that kind of I wasn't sure about and it kind of made me worried so I went and got it checked and it turns out that she has stage three mantle cell lymphoma of course okay. and I <sighs> this is the part of the story that I do know this but is what yeah. you do know yeah mm. so this is where we're caught up into like what we knew about this woman um, she wants to pursue more natural paths of treatment with specialists because she only has a 30% chance of living anyways. And she doesn't want to go through like horrible treatments that are going to make her even sicker. Um, she's very worried about the cost of it. So of course a GoFundMe is created and very quickly over $10,000 was raised. Not only that, her Venmo is put out and another $10,000 is Venmo to her from people trying to help her. So we're at like $20,000 of money. So why, why did she get caught? How did she get caught? What happened? Well, you can't raise money on the internet with fraudulent reasons. It's, it's communications fraud. So that's what she ends up getting in trouble for um a few people did call the police and say like this you need to look into this so an investigation was done um in february so it it was like a month basically of time um there was no doctor treating her there were no procedures done no testing no cancer diagnosis um the doctor's names that she did give to investigators who were like looking into this were treating her for ptsd but not cancer um, so yeah, police arrested Coco with communications fraud and here's where it gets really wild. So her friend, Amanda Frisbee, who has the TikToks, which are amazing. Go watch them. She's awesome. She has like the bank receipts of where Coco was spending money. The day before she got arrested, she spent like $300 on her hair. She got $111 worth of Chipotle from DoorDash. Who who spends $100 at or Sorry, no, Chick-fil-A. I'm wrong. Not Chipotle, Chick-fil-A. That's even 100- worse. <laughs> like, that's a lot of They're chicken. Awful. 
Yeah. A lot of chicken. And she's supposedly on this like raw vegan diet to help with her cancer treatment. <laughs> the day that she got arrested, she spent like five hundred or a thousand dollars in the Apple store. She was at the mall and then she sends Amanda and Amanda has like a screen recording of the Marco Polo that Coco sent to Amanda driving in her car on her way to go spend all this money before she gets arrested that afternoon saying, I'm just on my way to chemotherapy. So if you want to (laughs) get together later tonight, if I'm not too sick from it, then let me know. It's so horrific. And she's going to spend money that people send her for her cancer treatments. Wow. I know. (laughs) I have no words. I don't, I just, Also, I just keep thinking about $111 at Chick-fil-A. I know. What do you buy at Chick-fil-A for $111? Like, how I many mean, people are you feeding? but it's not like, like, I can't imagine eating that much. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think we ordered pizza for the four of us with, like, breadsticks and hot wings one night, and it was, like, $70. Yeah. But, like, we get it from, like, the really good pizza place, so I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Well, then, yeah. uh... And she's just, well, yeah, who is she buying that for? And also, um, I just, the disgusting, like, oh, I'm so sick. If I'm not too sick, I'm drinking with therapy. Mm-hmm. Let's hang out. And then mm-hmm. and then to find out what she's actually doing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it gets worse. Ooh. She spent money the day after she was arrested. Like, she was released without bail. Mm-hmm. And she went and spent more of the money. After, the day after she was arrested. She was arrested wow. on the 16th and she spent money on the 17th. So no fucking remorse at all. No remorse. Whatsoever. <laughs> no, none. Uh... So, yeah, basically that's that's what's happening. As of August 2023, this year, um, Coco is in Salt Lake City under supervision. She was released from jail without bail with stipulations and she is monitored with weekly phone-ins. Because she is a white woman in America. There is basically no recourse. So she can just like roam free doing whatever the fuck she wants because she's got this white privilege. And then also uh, also the pretty privilege. And then she's going to continue just making like victims of people because she's going to she's going to figure out some way to. And then there's people like me who's never heard of her like you. That would be like, yeah. oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would hear her story; it would break your heart, and she would be. And the, and she's doing. She did things on TikTok like, I have this, you know, traffic survivor. Let's get them Christmas. Everybody sent Venmo, Venmo me some money. I'm gonna go buy her a new iPhone, and we're gonna give it to her for Christmas. Like it's, and and how much of that know. is true, and how yeah. much of that is just her getting money? Like there's no. There's no way to track that. There's no way for her justice to be served. These Mormon moms who opened their homes and their families to her and were taken advantage of. There's there's no justice for them. Like, it's wow. just, yeah, it's just incredible. I think she has to, like, pay back the 10 grand that she took from the GoFundMe. But as far as stuff that was Venmo to her, she spent it. People gave it to her. It's gone. Like, wow. It's incredible. This story is wild. And I think it's going to continue. I think more things are going to come out. And yeah, I don't think we've seen the end of it yet. Oh, yeah. 
Well, this also reminds me of that. What's that? <laughs> Who's that woman that? Um, oh, you know who I'm talking about. Let's see. The they did like a Netflix. Oh, uh, inventing Anna. Yeah, 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 Anna, whatever her Russian name was. It's yeah. so similar, right? Very similar. Oh my god. I know. I was I was like reading these articles and like making notes, and I was like, when's the Netflix special coming out? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that was a that was a ride. And you're right. It's probably we haven't seen the end of Coco Birthman, but no, I don't think we have. I think more <laughs> more is to come because people are very outraged. Like. Um, I heard a snippet of an interview with somebody saying, what would have happened had she been a person of color? Exactly you know? what I was thinking when you said that she was like, because when you said like she was arrested and then released, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> $20,000 worth of like fraudulent oh. money. And they were like, okay, you need to go home and think about what you've done. Yeah, just a slap on the wrist. And yeah, if she were a person of color, that would be a completely different story. Oh. People, get, people of color get arrested for way less than that and get, like, years in prison. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> amount of people of color in jails for, like, very minimal drug possession, mm-hmm. shocking to me. Like, it's disgusting. Yeah. And she's lied for years and and has used people. Taken advantage and, of people. And, yeah. Yep. And she's and just living her life. She's yeah. been traumatizing people, just blazing this trail of trauma and say and uh, ruining people's reputations like Jesse. She's yep. been oh man, she's, she's the terrible. worst. Fucking terrible. <laughs> I know. So yeah. If I get any more we'll do an update if anything else kinda comes of it. But I just had to I had to dive into it. I have like hyper fixated on this for the last week i've done (laughs) nothing but um yeah but there Uh, is an instagram page that's called the coco birthman cancer hoax (laughs) um but yeah the cbs or the cb scholarship instagram page still exists still has videos of her you know her face and the flowers and all the things they're doing and Oh, so you she's can still, still going. The she's story? still going. Yeah, her um, the Coco Birthman Scholarship dot com website is gone. It's no longer exists, um, but it's listed as a link on the scholarship um, Instagram, which only has one thousand three hundred sixty four followers at today's recording. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Hmm. So well, hopefully, Mormons in Utah, you'll wise up. What I what I envision happening is that she'll just like disappear from Utah and then go. She'll pop up somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I think she has to stay in Utah as part of like her release. Oh. But again, I don't know those details. I haven't really found. I I can't access a lot of stuff without like behind a paywall because I'm not in Utah. So. But yeah, yeah. I I'm gonna keep digging because now yes. there's like this is gonna live in my brain forever and I just am gonna randomly tell you details about what's going on with her because it's insane. It's so yeah. insane. I love that it had like so many ties to like 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 big people like Celine Dion was thrown in there. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that. Oprah, mm-hmm. Ellen. There's uh, so much I couldn't get into just because of it this would be like a 
like the believable podcast is 10 episodes uh, the 10th episode is coming out this week of just her story and it's so well done like if you want a deep dive go listen to it it's a very easy to listen to podcast it's very well edited way better than we are Um, (laughs) but yeah just for i just wanted to get into like a bit of it but they go so much deeper into like the influence that she's connected to and it's wild yeah, go watch Lynn Parker's YouTube expose because he's he's he was suspicious of her in like 2018, and oh. like kind of just kept like hmm, hmm until he had enough. Like, oh. uh, yeah, that's a good journalist so, right there. Oh, <laughs> right he's awesome. Covered Ted Bundy. Yeah, <laughs> or you know, according to her, he's just an idiot, no name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, cool, cool. Good job. <laughs> well, thanks for, thanks that. for that coming was on that journey. Yeah. <laughs> now you see why I've done nothing this week. <laughs> my house is a mess. I've not read any of my, um, like, any books that publishers have sent me this week. I'm so behind because I the story just, like, infiltrated my brain. So. <laughs> <laughs>